0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. It's question time again, and this week's question comes from Everything is Fine, and she says, the world is on fire and I'm about to get doused in gasoline. I'm a 34-year-old Black femme who has made it my focus to be present and proactive in the face of my anxieties ever since my first Saturn return. Saturn was a huge wake-up call as it forced me to confront the ways in which white supremacy directly impacts my life. Although many things dissolved, I came out stronger and more self-possessed. I can recognize the positive impact the transit had, but the events that transpired left me with a bit of transit PTSD. In 2021, I will be experiencing Pluto opposite my sun, and everything I've read about this once-in-a-lifetime occurrence has me freaked out. At a time when the Earth is literally up in flames, it feels as though Pluto may soak me in gasoline. The prospect of losing my newly attained balance and possibly more is kicking up major anxiety. Do you see anything in my chart that could aid me in this upcoming transit as it pertains to keeping my anxieties in check and protecting myself from this potentially destructive force in the midst of global destruction? Signed, everything is fine. And she was born July 18th, 1986 at 4.43 a.m. in Big City, Lubbock, Texas. So first of all, I love to hear how you break down your Saturn return and how it was experienced. It's so clear. And for anyone who is pre-Saturn return, I hope you were listening to what Everything is Fine has said because the Saturn return is trying. It really is trying. But it's also such a valuable period because you really come into yourself. Self-possession, uh, self-ownership, self-knowledge, these are the potential rewards of accessing your Saturn return in a present way. So it's wonderful that that was your experience. And I totally respect this concern that you have. And I have so much to say about it. Okay. So your concern about Pluto opposite the sun is pretty damn fair. That's a big transit and it is a scary transit. This is one of those moments where it's very tricky to look at astrology with a detached sense of curiosity, because you're like, wait a minute, is this going to destroy me? Is Pluto going to like upend everything? Here's some fun facts. This transit that you're so concerned about, Pluto opposite the sun, it already started, my friend, on February 22nd of 2020. Yeah, February 22nd, 2020. Pluto started to oppose your natal sun. And it was active until July 4th, right before your birthday. And it's been a bit of a remission, but will kick back in on December 27th of 2020. And then very quickly form an exact opposition in February of 2021. Okay, so a couple of things. The first thing is, you already have a really clear sense of what this transit is about, right? And one of the things that it's about is your fear of letting go. It's your fear of change. It's your fear of intense experiences, because the reality is, you are really good at changing. You're actually really good at intense experiences. What you're not necessarily great at is feeling out of control. And so just to speak to your concerns about the transit itself, because It's already active. It's already happening. You're future tripping and fearing what will come and fearing your own capacity to respond, much like you did during the Saturn return with integrity to get something out of it. I want to just say that's the transit. You know, that's part of the transit in your experience because you're in the damn transit. As I've said on the podcast before, when we have these long-term transits by planets like Pluto and Neptune, transits by those two planets, they always last about two years, give or take. And so when we go through these transits, what happens is these planets inevitably retrograde. And when they do, they fall out of direct influence. And in those retrograde moments or in those moments when the transit's not activated, what happens is sometimes some people feel a sense of relief. And sometimes some people feel like shit gets more real. And I can't tell you exactly why or what to expect. And honestly, I don't think that's super valuable because the lesson is to be present and to keep on resourcing yourself and to keep on striving to do your best to show up with integrity, authenticity, compassion, whatever the moment calls for. I mean, the moment always, all the moments call for some measure of integrity, IMO, but you know, we all can live our lives in the way we want. So when we see a world on fire, when we see a transit that, yes, you are right, can be really intense and transformative and destructive What I want you to know, and this is really important for all of the people listening also who have Saturn in Aquarius and are like, holy shit, how am I going to live through my Saturn return through this, you know, really tumultuous time in the world? What you need to know is that your transit is not part about what's happening in the world. It's not separate. You are not separate from the world. This is true of every person of all generations. Right? We are a part of society. And society, like it or not, is a part of us. We are a product of the time that we live in, whether or not we like that time that we live in. We are a part of everything, like it or not. And so when you know that you are going through a difficult Pluto transit, and you also know that the world is what it is, and you are also a black femme, which I'm assuming if you're using the word femme, that you're queer then you know that so much of your identities, so much of your realities, your lived realities, and the intensity and trauma and activation of this period in the world in general, and specifically in the US, it isn't, theoretical to you. It is fucking about you. It is about you. And you can't depersonalize. You can't just theorize because it's your lived experience. It's about you, about all of your identities. And those are just the identities you've named, right? I'm sure that there are other parts of your lived experience and identity that are feeling vulnerable in this period or being activated in this period. Now, what do you do with that? There's a lot of things you can do. But I'll tell you what the the most productive and helpful thing to do is. It's to write or to talk, write or talk, but find a way to really give yourself the space to create an outlet for all the thoughts that are running through you. Because in your birth chart, you have a sun-mercury conjunction. It is out of sign, but it is absolutely a sun-mercury conjunction. Because you have this and in your birth chart, you have also a Pluto square to your Mercury, and it's a bit of a wider square, and again, out of sign, but a square to your sun as well. You have a tendency to obsess and to be highly identified with your thoughts. And so what's really important for you is to create intentional space for your ideas and your thoughts and your attitudes and even your negative obsessions, to create space for it that's intentional so that you can respond to it in increasingly mature ways. And I know mature is kind of a boner word. I'm sorry. But the reason why I say increasingly mature is because it's not just that these transits are happening, but also transiting Mars retrograde is crossing over your north node, dude. That is a very big deal. And Saturn is forming a square to your north node. So is Pluto. Whoa, that's a lot. I'll unpack that in a second. But it's not just that. You also have Pluto forming a sextile to Jupiter through the end of the year 2020. And come 2021, Saturn is going to start doing some business. It's currently forming an opposition to your sun, no small deal. And it will form an opposition to Mercury and a square to Pluto in early 2021 and throughout 2021, not the whole year. So, my dear, Pluto opposite the sun is a very big deal. But it's not the only thing you have going on. And because of the intensity of Saturn's presence, and because of the activity that is pointed at your north node, this is a time of becoming for you. This is a time of accepting what you are and choosing it, you know, really choosing yourself. Let me kind of dial back to that north node. And because you currently have Saturn and Pluto forming a square in Jupiter, if we want to get real specific, to your north node at 25 degrees of Aries, and also Mars retrograde is just boopity booping over your north node at 25 degrees of Aries, because all of this is happening, the theme for you of giving yourself permission to be who you are and not just in relationship to individual people that you're connected to and not just in reaction to lovers or people that you date, but instead to really accept yourself in that North Node in Aries way, where it's, I identify who I am. I give myself permission to have agency in my own life, to not always check with other people. I choose myself. I belong to myself. In doing this work, which will not be easy at this time, Because of these transits. In doing this, you end up maturing your relationship to yourself on a spiritual and material level. Because you have the North Node in the 11th house, it is not you in a bubble or you in a vacuum. The 11th house in astrology is the place where we find community, right? And so you might need to seek more community or different community that gives you more space to truly be who and what you are. I mean, that could mean a million different things. Here's the downside. Mars is going to make you impatient. Pluto is going to make you expect the worst. And Saturn is going to slow down your development. So 2020, not so much for external development. The thing that contradicts that is that Pluto is still forming a delicious sextile to your beautiful Jupiter in the 10th house in Pisces. And let me tell you a thing about this Jupiter in the 10th house in Pisces. The source of so much of your pain is also your North Star. What you're going through as a person, what you're going through as a Black woman, as a femme, you're not alone. The way that your chart is written, it indicates that you may find your sense of calling for the world, and it may or may not be related to a job, right? But you may find your sense of calling in the world through your spiritual center, through a sense of, I, I know I am connected to others and I can be of service to others because I love people, not just to heal myself, not just because life's a boner, but because I actually have care for people. And so you may cultivate community through service or just through social like through social connections or whatever. One's not better than the other. It's not an either or, but all of these things in your chart are kind of reinforcing each other. Now, because of the Pluto exhale to Jupiter, there is a potential here that you may have more movement than I would otherwise expect. Actually, the Pluto opposition to your sun will also activate and motivate progress, which is super cool. The thing about Pluto opposite your sun honestly, Pluto conjunct your son too, but especially and more dramatically the opposition, is you have to let go. You have to be willing to let go of what and who no longer serves you. When you do that, healing can occur. Now, we don't want to let go. We're people. People don't want to let go. That's just not how we're wired, right? We're like survival, hold on for grim death kind of thing. So one example of having to let go might be quarantining or like shelter in placing for COVID. One example of, you know, needing to let go might be putting yourself at risk with COVID and hitting the streets and being in large groups of people to protest against a myriad of fucking terrible things, which all stem from white supremacy. Right. I mean, there's so many things you could do. A way of letting go might be like, okay, I'm not going to make out with this new lover friend because of COVID or I am going to trust myself and I've taken all the precautions and now I'm going to make out with my lover friend. So, you see, I'm giving you like opposites. I'm doing that because it's not like it's one thing. This is a two year period. It's all the things. It's being able to let go of attachments to what you think it should be or it should look like and being responsive to what it is. What is authentic? What is real? And what do you need? Whenever we're dealing with Pluto, we are dealing with our survival issues very deeply. We are dealing with our passions and our resentments. It is our shame and our capacity for healing on the most fundamental and foundational levels. Tis no joke, my friend. And you know this. And listen, person to person, human to human here, whenever I go through Pluto transits, I panic. I am with you. I am not going to tell you you have no reason to fear, right? Because we all fear. It's like, what if the worst happens to me, right? And when Pluto brings you the worst, it's pretty fucking shitty. However, look at what has happened for you over the course of 2020. I'm sure it's been difficult. I'm sure it's been trying. But is it the worst? When when you catastrophize about the Pluto opposition to your sun, is that what you've been experiencing? My guess is it isn't. What I want to encourage you to do is simply stay present because you can, you can care for and nurture. You can steward the present. You cannot steward 2021. We don't know what's going to happen in 2021. There may be a monster who thinks he's Vladimir Putin, who's managing the country from his golden toilet. We don't know what's going to happen in 2021. There are so many variables. There's so much activated trying to project into the future will only undermine your present. Yeah, I know I'm an astrologer and I work in prediction, but it is because I work in prediction that I can assure you that you will undermine your future if that's where you choose to live right now. Right now is the foundation to tomorrow. So if you know you're going through a Pluto opposition to the sun, what you can do is enlist a good shrink or like healer have friends that you can have real connections with and real conversations with, even if that means cutting back on your friend time with people who you can't be real with. Because you have Saturn in the sixth house, all of this is going to be taxing on your body. So not because these transits are inherently taxing to your body, but because you tend to be so hard on yourself when you're struggling or fearful that things tend to just get impacted into your physical body. So it's going to be really important for you knowing that these transits are occurring to day by day, hour by hour, be like, have I drank all the water? Have I had vegetables? Like whatever you can do that is accessible and available to you that is within your control, do those things for yourself. Choose yourself. When you stop feeding what doesn't serve you and you start feeding yourself so that you can cope with what does serve you. Then you're doing what the transit wants. Then your life gets easier. And then things start to flow a little better. And it doesn't stop Pluto from opposing you. It doesn't stop Mars from retrograding. But it does give you more internal resources so that you can thrive. And I got to tell you, I look at your chart and I do see you thriving. I absolutely do. Maybe it won't happen this year. Maybe this is a rough time and let's hold space for that. But if you can treat yourself with the patience and nurturance that you crave and deserve, if you can create a life that is deep and that allows you to be as intense as you are, then you will inevitably find meaning. And as you find meaning, your life gets clearer and clearer and clearer about what you want to do in the world, like what you want to do with it. So I I see you have all the struggles that you know you have, but I also see that you have the inner resources and the chart of somebody who absolutely can, has, and will continue to grow and thrive. In a recent court reversal, ex-felons in the state of Florida must now pay fines before voting in November. This could seriously impede the ability of hundreds of thousands of voters to cast a ballot. It comes as no surprise that five of the six judges who supported the decision were appointed by President Trump. Help pay the fines on behalf of the ex-felons through the Florida Rights Restoration Council. They're a grassroots membership organization run by returning citizens who are dedicated to ending the disenfranchisement and discrimination against people with convictions. Visit FloridaArc.com to learn more or FloridaArc.com slash donate to give what you can. I don't even know what to say this week, honestly. I mean, honestly, I warned you that last week was going to suck, and and it really did. Didn't it? I want to just really acknowledge that just because the transits that I name in a particular or given week, you know, they occur and then they pass, it doesn't mean that you're just like a machine where you were running a program and then you stop running the program and it's done, right? We're people, and we're living in really, really stressful times. This is a really hard time. And that Breonna Taylor's murderers were just just let off, you know, the amazing miscarriage of justice in the United States is just I mean, it is, you know, it's not surprising if you've been paying attention since forever, but it's devastating. You know, we don't want to be numb to. The evils of white supremacy. We don't want to be numb to the dangers that exist for some of us and not all of us. I must say unto you all, unequivocally, Black Lives Matter, Black women's lives matter. And police should not be able to shoot anyone dead upon suspicion of anything, let alone someone in her damn bed. We have a really unjust unfair dangerous system of policing in this country and i am an astrologer on a podcast you know i'm i'm not going to come up with the world solutions but i got to say it is really important that we activate as much as possible and we do something as much as possible especially white people especially non-black people really mobilize use your power use your voice if you've got class privilege, use your money. Do what you can to be a part of the solution, to be an active agent of dissent in the face of injustice. Bernice A. King, who, if you don't know who she is, I invite you to look her up, and learn about her life and work. She's just amazing. Bernice A. King said, if you're not working for justice, then stop calling it peace and that shit is real. Tattoo it to the inside of your eyelids, my friends. Actually, don't. That'd be super creepy and weird. I think it would be weird. Don't do that. But if we want peace, if we want peace, we have to have justice. We cannot be served injustice and then vilified for taking to the streets, for being outraged. And so if you yourself or somebody who is looking at the response to injustice and criticizing the response to injustice, I want to invite you in to really sit with what that's about. The tempo of 2020 moving forward, it's not going to chill out, IMO. It's not going to chill out. This is a transformational time. And that means that this is not a time to sit and wait for someone else to handle it. It's not the time to do nothing. It just isn't. And in particular, if you have privileges, And there's so many privileges, right? Uh, And I personally am not of the mind that privilege is a bad thing. I wanna be really clear that I think there's a way that we talk about privilege and and it's kind of like becoming this dirty word. And there's a way that I I get that, of course. But I also wanna say, if you have a privilege, it's like having on a video game, like extra lives, right? That means you can take more risks. It means that you're empowered straight out the damn gate if you as a white or white passing person has the privilege to stand up for black people, please, I beg of you, do that. (laughs) Take the ways in which you're privileged and take some measure of action. And if you are struggling with anxiety or depression, which so many of us are, it might make you feel like you can't do anything. And that might be the case. I am not telling you that, you know, you should just power through your mental health issues. That's that's not what I'm saying. But I want to say that for many people, not all people, your anxiety or depression is in part because you're not doing something right. You're not taking some form of progressive action. So some of the time, not all of the time, not for all of the people. But some of the time, taking one step forward in a direction that reflects your values actually can really support your mental health. It energizes you. It brings some life force into you. You might hear me say this and be like, "Uh, no, Jessica, that's not me right now. And I respect you. And you alone can know what's right for you. But if you're like, I don't know, maybe, then the trick is to seek ye old internet search you know just seek ye- old internet search and figure out organizations that you think are doing cool work and see what, what kind of calls to action they have and do it just do one thing one thing a week, one thing a day, whatever you can do Do something. OK to horoscope time. did you think I was just going to talk and talk and talk and not talk about astrology? Never So this week we have <laughs> just for an exciting change of pace, a lot to talk about. We're looking at the dates of September 27th through October 3rd of 2020. On the 27th, Mercury moves into the sign of Scorpio. This is where it shall retrograde, my friends. It's not retrograde yet. Don't you worry. It goes retrograde on the 13th of October. Are we in the shadow? Not quite yet, but almost. When it goes retrograde, I will of course data dump on you all the things you need to know including Zodiac the Vote, will be releasing on the 11th of October. A Mercury Retrograde Voter Survival Guide. It's just going to have like literally everything you need. Buckle up, get ready. I'll give you more information about it when it comes. In the meantime, Mercury in Scorpio is a really great time for investigation and reflection. It's about going deep and going within. Because it's so investigative and deep, It's not like a chill Mercury season, but we're not in chill times. So if you're feeling a little bit more self-protective, maybe a little bit more secretive, uh, you know, go with it. Honor your feelings. You don't always have to be the same. Mercury is related to your mind. So it is one of the planets that is related to your mental disposition and therefore your mental wellness. Protect it, honor it. On the 28th, Venus forms a trine to Mars. This is, you know, a pretty common transit and it is a lovely transit. It is when Venus, the gatherer, forms a benefic aspect to Mars, the hunter. And so it's a great time for first dates. It's a great time for creativity in general, for cutifying your office or home. This transit is just an easy flow of energy for creativity and action. So, you know, if you're in a new dating scenario, you might find yourself simply joyful that could be really fun. The trouble is, honestly, as I say, whenever I talk about Venus-Mars transits, I personally don't tend to find that people really notice them very much. In particular, I will say that because on the 29th, Mars will form an exact square to Saturn. That means that we're going to be feeling it for days leading up. And you're certainly going to be feeling it at the same time that Venus is trying to Mars. Now, this particular transit, Mars square to Saturn. And keep in mind, Mars is retrograde. So is Saturn, but whatever is about the Saturn retrograde, because when outer planets, those slow moving planets go retrograde, it's just kind of par for the course. I don't think it makes a massive difference. That said, the last time that Mars was square to Saturn was on August 24th. And then this transit will reoccur on January 12th of 2021. And so there's this kind of Big, slow developing pattern. So, you might want to take a peek back at what was going on on or around August 24th of 2020. Look at what was happening in your life. It's not just about the specifics, it's about the themes. You want to look at the patterns that were playing out in your life. When we are working with astrology, what's really important to keep in mind is that we're really studying cycles and patterns so that we can kind of heal shit at their roots and not get too distracted by details. Now, I say that with the full knowledge that a lot of astrologers love the details and spend a lot of time and energy in the details and I'm not going to say that's wrong or right. It's just not it's not what we're doing here at Ghost of a Podcast Industries. So, that said, Look out for the themes and the patterns that were playing out last month and know that you're likely to be experiencing some version of them again. Now it might be identical, but for many of us who've actually like been doing work and activating, it's going to be a different articulation, a different version of this theme. Look for the themes, look for the patterns, because when we see those patterns, we can see what we're meant to be learning. We can see how our participation is or is not influencing outcomes. That's kind of cool, right? So Mars square to Saturn. Mars is the ego and Saturn is obligation. You'll remember that last month I described this transit as really needing to get to appointment really needing to just like get on the road and drive. You have an obligation. You have a responsibility. It is very important to you to get there on time. You got ready early. You did everything right. You got in your car and somebody blocked your driveway and you literally cannot move your car. And there's nothing to do. There's no one in the car. You don't know who owns the car that's blocking your driveway. You're just stuck. You know, it's a frustrating transit. Mars wants to go. Mars wants action. Saturn is like, mm, slow down. <laughs> are Are you sure you really need to do anything? Have you, have you really thought through the consequences? Saturn is just a boner killer, you know, just murdering boners left, right, and center. And Mars, funny enough, governs la boner. Not the boner in the way I often use the term, like a terrible thing, poking at you, uh, bumming you out, but like a boner, like an excitement, a thing where it's like, let's get this party started, that kind of boner. I guess I use the term interchangeably. So Mars square to Saturn is frustrating, to say the least. You might feel really ready to get a thing done, to mobilize, and Saturn will basically be like, that's cute, but mm, I don't know, maybe later. And so how you respond. To feeling frustrated is a big part of this transit. How you respond to having your actions and ambitions curtailed is what this transit's about. It's a lot, my dudes. It's a lot. Mars is your ego and Saturn is in some ways related to your reputation. And when the things that you want to get done from an ego standpoint, which I want to be clear, ego is not inherently bad. I know a lot of people think of an ego as a bad thing. A healthy ego is a gorgeous thing. An unhealthy ego is an ego that is too small or too big. And both of those things are equally unhealthy and have negative consequences, right? But we want a healthy ego, it's part of the human condition to have an ego. What Saturn is essentially doing with this transit is giving us a slice of humble pie, which is ideally an opportunity for us to make our egos stronger. Because if you're only nice and you're only patient when things go your way, how nice and patient are you? But really. So this is a great opportunity to really refine and work on your ego energies. Thinking you're the worst and thinking you're the best are both an ego out of balance. So Whatever it is that comes up around this time, no matter what it is that happens, it's not going to be completely over because we're going to be in some sort of a larger phase of this until the final hit passes in early January 2021. If it feels overwhelming, if it feels like a lot, that's okay. You actually have a lot of time to work on the themes that are yours. You can only control you and your responses. Strive to do that, my loves. That brings us to October 1st, where we have the first out of two full moons in the month of October. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me. I have a Patreon, and on Patreon, on the kittens level, meow, what I have is a monthly horoscope that I drop. It's an episode of Ghost of a Podcast, and it's just your month. It's all the transits in advance. So, fun fact Halloween, the second full moon. (laughs) This is going to be an intense month. I mean, Come on. You had to have known it was going to be an intense month. Every month of 2020 is going to be an intense month. So, on the 1st of October, we have a full moon in Aries. It'll be exact at 2:05 PM on the 1st. And let me tell you about it. So, a full moon, as you know, is when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other right? To the minute and degree. And in this case, the sun is at nine degrees and eight minutes of the sign Libra and the moon is at nine degrees and eight minutes of Aries. But guess what? Chiron is conjunct the moon, aka also opposite the sun. Pretty tight. It's at seven degrees and four minutes. So of Aries. Chiron, low wounded healer. And I have dropped an episode about Chiron. So if you're like, wait a minute, Jessica, tell me more about Chiron. First, go listen to the episode Called the wounded healer. So, Chiron, the wounded healer, always kicks up parts of our nature. And in the context of this full moon, it's directly related to your feelings, your past, and how you process emotion. And it kicks up parts of our nature that are kind of like wounds that don't heal. And we all have wounds that don't heal. Over the course of time, we orient and reorient ourselves differently in the face of certain wounds, in the face of certain hurts. Not every wound heals in life. And this particular full moon, it is likely to trigger themes that are directly related to injuries that you're just still working through, even though they may be really old. This may be related to inherited or ancestral trauma. This may be related to childhood trauma. If you're a little bit older, this may be related to something that happened when you were in your 20s. It's going to kick up themes that are quite deep. And it might make you feel really trigger happy, you know, emotionally trigger happy. And I want to just really ground you into this. Your healing is really important. You are actually really important. And I say this because you do not need to share it with anyone. You do not need to be on any particular timeline. Your healing is not to be compared to anyone else's healing. Your pain does not need to be compared to anyone else's pain. That's not going to serve you. That's not going to serve your own growth and development. This particular full moon chart has a lot of activity in it, my loves. Mars is still square to Saturn in this chart. It's also forming a square to Pluto. And so, what we can expect to experience this full moon is a lot of compulsions and intensity. That means that we are likely to feel really fucking defensive or resentful, or ashamed. This transit is going to kick up big, ugly, intense feelings in a lot of us. Now, it's possible that's not what's going to be happening for you. And to you, I say, my dear, congratulations. But to a lot of us, it is going to be very damn intense. I want to remind you, you have tools, but it's not easy to use them when you feel like shit. So don't forget to use your tools because of Mars's involvement because there's so much Aries energy you may want to use your body as a resource for releasing energy but there may be some sort of impediment there may be some sort of block to you safely using your body in the way you prefer you can lament that as much as you need to but i want to say acceptance is a big part of this full moon transit because it's going to be very elusive for most of us it's going to be very difficult to accept What we're feeling and where we're at. And at the same time, to quote the Borg, resistance is futile. Yeah, I'm into sci fi. You shouldn't be surprised. I'm a damn astrologer, psychic who talks to animals. Of course, I'm into sci fi. Anyways, resistance is futile. (laughs) So, what's going to be really important, if you can, is to really catch yourself in a state of resistance that is not about a boundary, but instead a lack of acceptance. It's really hard to have authentic boundaries when you don't first accept who you are and where you're starting from, where you are in this moment. Boundaries come from presence. That is one of the key differences between a defense and a boundary, right? You might actually have technically a a really good boundary, but if you're not actually embodied around that boundary, if you're not actually able to show up with presence, Around that boundary, then it can come across as and be experienced by others as a defense. And that's why a lot of times when you think, oh, I'm just asserting a boundary and people act all kinds of shitty ways about it, you're like, why? I don't fucking get it. A lot of times that's what's going on. It's really hard. Don't beat yourself up. Boundaries are incredibly difficult. And as soon as you master boundaries, then the universe or your guides, however you want to call it, are like, oh, cool. She just learned about boundaries. She's doing great let's have her learn it at a new level. So, you know, it's okay to constantly be a work in progress. It's in fact a fucking gorgeous thing. Okay, now back to this full moon, this full moon chart. There is a somewhat wide, it's definitely not exact, Mercury opposition to Uranus in this chart. And the reason why I want to mention it is because it creates more impatience. Nobody wants that. There's enough Aries energy. There's enough Mars retrograde and Aries energy going on here for us to not have to deal with this. But there's an impatience in this chart. There's a restlessness in this chart. That's tricky, you know. (laughs) It's really tricky. I want to encourage you as much as possible to do what you can to support your own nervous system. Any full moon between the signs of Libra and Aries, so we have an Aries full moon here, is going to highlight the tension between me and what I need, Aries, and us, which is more of a Libra principle. Libra is a sign that is associated with partnerships. So it's your business partner, it's your best friend, it's your romantic partner, it's your spouse or your date. The tension between my identity as a partner, my identity as a friend, my identity as a spouse, And what I need in order to take care of myself is what we can expect of an Aries full moon. But again, because of all the things I've named, it's going to feel really damn touchy. So be gentle with yourself and be gentle with others. This may be another fantastic time to uh, take what some people in the business call a social media break. I don't know if it's going to be super helpful for you. And if it's not helpful, is it hurtful? I don't know. It's worth finding out. Okay. On the second, Venus moves into Virgo. I actually really love this transit. Basically give me anything on earth and I'm stoked. So when Venus moves into Virgo, the energy supports us in showing up for the people that we care about with service-based actions. Isn't that cool? So this will be a nice little shift in energy again. I'm not sure it's, you know, it's, it's not a transit that's going to compete with Mars squared to Saturn or the full moon, but it's, it's a nice shift in energy to pay attention to and align yourself with. So please, I invite you, do that, my loves. Now, here's a rundown of the transits in case this Jessica talked way too fast, as I like to do. On the 27th, Mercury moves into Scorpio. On the 28th, Venus forms a trine to Mars. On the 29th, Mars forms a square to Saturn. The last time we saw this transit was on August 24th, and the next time we're going to see it is January 12th of 2021. On the 1st, at 2.05 p.m. Pacific time, the moon will be full in the sign of Aries at 9 degrees. And then finally, on the 2nd of October, Venus moves into Virgo. And that's your damn horoscope. As always, I want to thank you for joining me on Ghost of a Podcast. If you have questions that you would like to send in to be answered in the Q&A section of the show, please send them to ghostofapodcast.com. And give yourself the space you need this week to stay present through the overwhelming and pressing feelings that are likely to keep on coming up. And then keep on showing up. And the end is near But we're still here Yeah, we're still here